Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. Hey, I have to do this before I go. My cousin is watching, and she's like, you have to give me a signal to let me know that you're talking to me. So I said, I would just say your name today. Bonita, thank you for watching. We love you here at All Nations Church. We can't wait for you to be in the house. Okay. Um, I believe that God is going to do something really cool here today. This is probably one of the most, for me, in my time of communicating, um, it's probably one of the most, it's, it's the cha- challenging um, sermons for me that I have had the pleasure of communicating. You know, it, it's always easier to get a sermon where it makes everybody feel amazing and it makes you almost want to run in a good way. But today, I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to reveal Jesus in a different way today. And I am honored to be able to communicate this. This scripture is Romans 8, Romans chapter 8, verses 17 through 18. Romans chapter 8, verses 17 through 18. If you have your Bible, turn to it. Amen. If you have your phone, turn it on. Romans chapter 8, verse 17 through 18. I'll be reading from the ESV version. It says, and since we are his true children, we qualify to share all his treasures. We qualify to share all his treasures. For indeed, we are heirs of God himself. That's good. And since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. Isn't that good to know? We will experience being co-glorified. Everybody say co-glorified. We will experience being co-glorified with him provided, watch this, we accept his sufferings as our own. Should we pray the benediction now? Should we go home? We will experience being co-glorified with him, provided that we accept his sufferings as our own. Verse 18, I am convinced. Everybody say, I am convinced. Say it like you mean it. Say, I am convinced that any suffering we endure is less than nothing compared to the magnitude of glory he's about to be unveiled within us. The entire universe is standing on tiptoes, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. Today, the name of my sermon is called, Are You Really Convinced? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We ask that you be with us today in a way that we've not felt you before. Father, Father give, us, give us the heart to endure suffering as a good soldier. Speak fresh words to us. Encourage us in places in our lives that we felt dry and felt alone and felt hard times and felt really barren and feels like nothing's there, nothing's growing, nothing's going, nothing's moving. But today that you reveal to us in a way to let us know you're not just a God of elevation, but you're the God in the valley. You're not just a God in the mountain. You're the God in the low place too. And we give this sermon to you and all that comes from it in Jesus' name. Amen. 
We hear in this text, Romans chapter 8, verse 17, 18, Paul is writing this letter. And we have to understand here, sometimes you, you have to know who they were talking to, what was going on. Their suffering compared to our suffering was a little different. You have to understand at this time, people were getting martyred. People were getting beheaded. Women were dying constantly at childbirth. So many things were happening in this time, but Paul is so beautifully writing this letter and saying, hey, you guys are going to be joint heirs with Christ. He's getting you excited. I like to call this the, 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 the sandwich method, where you're telling somebody that they're, they're about to be in trouble or something is happening, but you, you don't, they don't realize that they're really getting a spanking or about to feel the hardest thing in their life. He says, listen, you're about to get all of his treasures. You're about to be joint heirs. You are joint heirs with Jesus. Everything he has belongs to you. You're going to be co-glorified with him. Oh, wait a minute. That's provided, watch this, that you suffer just like him. Hmm, I don't know if I want that. You can take me out the wheel. Come on, somebody. I don't want to inherit that. But can I tell you, there's glory in your suffering. People say, well, I don't understand. Why do I have to deal with this? Why do I have to walk through this? He promises us hard times. And John tells us that he left you in this world, but he didn't leave you alone. He left you with his word so that you can navigate through the challenges of life. I know I'm talking to somebody who's walking through some hard times. You've been in some hard seasons. You've been in some tough seasons. You've actually felt like I can't go on. You've been divorced. You walked through foreclosure. You walked through repossession. You walked through breakup. You walked through heartache, sickness after sickness, illness after illness. But can I tell you, God is with you and you're joining him. You're joining, you're being connected because you have to hear what he said. And you're, you're going to be co-glorified with him on that great day. I'm trying to get you to understand and look at your suffering in a different way. Suffering for the believer is a joyous occasion. How do I know this? Because James says, count it all joy. Count it all joy when you begin to suffer, brother, sister, count it all joy, nothing but smiles when you're in the hardest place of your life because this is season. It's about to produce something phenomenal in your life. Amen. Suffering for us, there's a greater picture because there's glory connected to our suffering. I'm trying to keep this smile on my face so you can understand that as a communicator, I'm pushing in the direction to say, I'm suffering, but I won't suffer always. I won't suffer always. In this world, you will have trouble. That is a promise. How do I know that's a promise? Let me ask you this question. Has anybody in here ever had trouble? Raise your hand. Yeah, online. Raise your hand. Has any, is anybody in here right now in a season of hard times and trouble? Raise your hand. See? You see? It, doesn't, it, it, it won't escape you. Either you're coming out or you're going in. Either you're coming out or you're going in. In this world, you will have trouble. John 16, 33. The world is falling in Genesis 3. And while it is still in process of being restored by the finished work of Christ, suffering will remain. Suffering will remain and part of the experience for anyone until the final return of Jesus Christ on that last day. But there is no suffering whatsoever that should be considered random or pointless. Everything you're walking through right now in your life has a point. Every tear you're crying has an objective. 
Every challenge you're walking through has an aim, and that aim is always to point you in the life in the direction of Jesus Christ. Jesus told his disciples that there was trouble in the world so that they would have peace in their understanding that Jesus has overcome the world. Listen to that. Even in your trouble, the gratification that you know that Jesus has already overcome the world. John 16, In Romans 8, Paul's discourse on the theme, he explains that we must share in Christ's suffering in order to share in his glory. Hmm. How have you been suffering? Not what have you been suffering from. But how have you been suffering? No, I don't want to suffer. This is not fair. I do. I come to church. I pay my tithes. I go, what, what gives you the right? Do you understand the more you do that, the more you open your life up for? There's no getting away from it, but the longer you murmur about it, watch this, suffering becomes your God. That's why suffering seems so much longer for some of us who are watching, for some of us who are listening, because we've exalted suffering over God. When God wants to be exalted in the suffering. Please hear what I'm saying. In order to create the revival culture that I believe God is calling us to, in order to create what God is, there has to be sermons like this to let us know that there will be hard times. But there's a song said in the hard times, praise his name. In the good times, just do the same. But in everything, give the king of kings all thanks. All thanks. The New Testament author here, he completely, he's consistent on this point that all suffering for the Christian is meant to produce joy and strength in us. Leading to the great reward, Matthew 5, 12, all suffering for the believer is refinement. Everybody say refinement. Character shaping and glory producing. Here's the breakdown of this. I consider, listen, number one, how we look at our situation matters a great deal and would dictate our feelings and behaviors and our responses. The worst people to be around are people that don't know how to suffer who are Christian. You negative? Let me say that again. You're negative? Let me say it a third time. You're negative? You're negative? Your confessions are negativity. It's, listen, how can you be a Christian with only in the good times in your life you're on the high point? You have to be on the high point. God, you're amazing. God, you're phenomenal. God, you're glorious. Anything you tell me to do, I'll do it. Any place you send me to go, I'll go. Then you're in a valley. God, I don't know if this is this. There's got to be another way around. There's got to be another way. This hurts too bad. But the moment I need you to understand is the midst of your suffering. He says, a glory is about to be revealed in you. I ain't, I'm not talking about a new house. I'm not talking about the wife of your dreams like I have. 
I'm not talking about a new car. I'm not talking about more money. I'm not talking about even being healed on this side of heaven. The, the glory that he's talking about and co-glorification that he's referring to is at that great day when that horn blows and we are resurrected and we're going to heaven. That is the glory that is about to be revealed. You're not excited enough for me when we're talking about heaven because there is a heaven. There is a heaven. There is a goal. As I press toward the high calling and the prize of Christ, there is a goal. But if you don't have a goal, you're suffering. You will become a victim to everything that happens to you. Heaven is the goal. Co-glorifying with Christ on that great day. The dead in Christ shall rise first and them that are alive will remain will be caught up to meet him in the air. That is the glory that we're referring to. But if your heart is not fixed and if your eyes are not connected like flint toward the goal, you have to question, is that your end? Here we go. Heaven is a real place, but hell is a prepared place too. There's two types of people I'm communicating to today. You're suffering, but you're suffering with the goal in mind. You're a believer, and at the end of the age, you will be caught up to meet him in the air. But if you're suffering and don't know Christ, this is the first suffering you will endure. This is not about being hell scared. This is not about becoming a Christian just because you don't want to go to hell. I'm just trying to compare and here plead my case that there is a hell and that there is a heaven. And if we, that's why the Bible says when people pass, we don't mourn like those who mourn who have no hope. Oh man, there's a glory that's coming to us. The reality that is in life is bursting with meaning. We must recognize that the true biblical meaning, especially when we are suffering, consider your suffering in light of cosmic reality revealed by God in this word. Our present sufferings, if you are not present, presently suffering, a discernible, a challenge, be grateful, but understand that the nature of this world and in this age where most of the world is still falling, there's suffering coming to you. If you're not suffering right now, rejoice. Don't boast. Rejoice because your day is coming. How you treat people in their suffering, watch. How you treat people in their suffering, be careful. Because yours is around the corner. Pastor, how could you say that? I'm not saying that the Bible says that. It's here, it's present, it's upon us. That you're indeed, as long as you're alive, you'll cry. As long as you're alive, you'll experience pain, you'll experience heartache, you'll experience trouble, you'll experience letdown, but we don't cry like those who have no hope. Jesus is our hope. Your present suffering are only one microcosmic manifestation of the ultimate reality that the world is broken and in need of restoration. Thanks be to God that the process of restoration is well underway and foregone its conclusion. What does that mean? That he's coming back. (laughs) He's coming back. And we're not suffering like we don't know the end of the story. Let me tell you the end of the story. We win. 
the end of the story that he's going to crack the sky and there's going to be a horn that blows. Here it is. Will you hear it? Will you hear that horn on that great day? Not worthy to compare the glory that be revealed in us. This is a powerful way to give meaning to our present suffering. It is indeed how God gives it meaning. Suffering is productive. Put this on your refrigerator. Put this in your car. Wherever you are and wherever you visit the most, mine would be the refrigerator. Suffering is productive. You talk about an assembly line, suffering, taking you apart, putting you back together again. The Bible says it is good that we be afflicted, that we learn of who he is. Suffering is productive. Suffering is productive. And the ultimate product is our eternal glory. There is such an astounding truth that we were, that we, if we can comprehend it, watch this. If we can really understand what suffering did was, we will walk around with our minds constantly in rapture and in praise. I'm going to suffer today. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm excited. Today's going to be a hard day. I am excited about that. Today, the worst thing that could possibly happen to me is probably going to happen. And I'm expecting and I'm glorifying God in my trouble. See, the problem is we as Christians walk around that like we are untouchable. That's what happens when life touches you. Then you get mad at God. How could you let life touch me? I promised you it would. You just can't believe some of his promises and not others. It is my will that you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prosper. I believe it. I receive it. The cattle on a thousand hills belongs to God. Everything belongs to me. Oh, wait a minute. I promise you suffering in this world. What? Wait a minute. This has to be heresy. Who wrote this? Pastor said we have to examine the teacher. He can't be speaking truth. It's in the book. We will walk around with our minds constantly in rapture and praise. That's why it says, count it all joy. Count it pure joy. When we fall into hard times, I'm preaching the rain this morning. Count it all joy when the hard times come, when the suffering come, when the persecution begins to come, when the divorce happens, even if it's your fault or not your fault, it's going to be persecution. But can I tell you, there's life after that. There's glory after that. There's power after that. There's anointing after that. God is the same God in the valley as he is in the mountain. He's the same God at the foreclosure as he is with more than enough. He is just who he is. He is God. We will have all impurities removed. This is that great day. And part of us by our suffering and what will be is nearly impossible to grasp in his glory. Suffering will always be the reward for growth. Suffering will always be the reward for growth. Pruning will always be the reward for growth. If you have a yard and the more you have a rose bush and you have some rose and it's growing, guess what it has to do? Cut it back. You have to cut it back to keep growing. The thing that you love the most and you feel like it's growing the most, you have to cut it back so it can become all that it needs to become. Second Corinthians chapter, um, yeah, Second Corinthians, I don't know what chapter I forgot. Here it is. I'm preaching good. Sometimes you know you're preaching, you forget where you are. 
Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 13. I didn't give this to them because it just came to me when I was down there. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 13. It says, so we also first believe, then speak in faith. We do this because we are, what? here's another word, we are convinced that he who raised Jesus will raise us up with him. We're co-laboring, we're, we're co-glorified with him. And together we will all be brought into his presence. Yes, all things will work together for your enrichment so that, so that more of God's marvelous grace will spread to more people, resulting in an even greater increase of praise to God, bringing him even more glory. Watch this verse, verse 16. So no wonder we don't give up. For even though it, our outer person is gradually wear, is wearing out, our inner being is renewed every single day. We view our slight, short-lived, listen how, listen, listen how the Bible communicates what you're walking through. It can be offensive, but I need you to receive it. I need you to feel it. This is how it's relating to your troubles. This is the adjectives that it's giving for your hard time. It says we view our slight, short-lived, minuscule, wow, troubles in the light of eternity. Everything you are walking through right now pales in comparison to the glory that eternity is about to bring. Understand this weighty glory far beyond all comparison. Watch this, because we don't focus our attention on what is seen. We don't focus our attention on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but the unseen realm is eternal. What are you seeing right now? What are you seeing right now? What are you walking? And I want you to really get this in your heart and in your spirit. What are you walking through in your life right now that is taking your oxygen? It's taking your breath. It's taking your thought life. It's it's consuming everything you do. It It is grappling with you. You're grappling with it. What is consuming you right now? Whatever that is, that is what's seen. And can I tell you, if you can see it, that means it will pass. I want to encourage you, you might not even have strength to clap, you might even have strength to do anything, but I'm telling you, it will pass. What you're walking through, you promise to pass it if you keep walking. Yea, though I walk through. I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil. Why? He's with me. In my suffering, he's with me. In my dark times, he's with me. I need you to understand if you're watching online, no matter what you're in, no matter what challenges you're in, no matter what hard times you're facing, no matter the tumultuous times in your life, whatever you happen, whatever's happening right now in your life, he is with you. And I tell you, if you're not a believer, this is, the only, this is just a little bit of the suffering that you'll experience. If I, have, if I had to choose and I had to choose, I'd rather choose to suffer with him than without him. I'd rather to suffer in him than without him. I've suffered without him before. 
and it's endless. But I've suffered in him. That's why you have peace, the Bible says, that passes all of your understanding. Have you ever had that peace that you knew you were just, whew. I don't know if you were angry. I don't know if you were sad, but you had peace. Almost to the point you were mad. I don't want this peace. You know, I had this story. This is is a story of fail. I I didn't have this peace. So I was in barber school. And this was in 2002. I was a believer, born again, spirit field. Prayer, language, everything. And I was in barber school and I was cutting hair and in class, and there's always a person. Everybody knows, everybody has a person. Doesn't matter where you are, you have a person. There's always this person that just, they're just being a person. And this particular day, so many other things were happening. And I can be honest with you, at this point, this is 20-something years later, I'm not, if it was a lie, I'm not going to continue until I can tell you the truth. I, I didn't do anything, okay? So he would, he would sit across from me, and he would just talk trash to me. I'm the nice guy. I don't bother anybody. I'm minding my business. I'm cutting hair. This guy just barking. And then, and, uh, every day, this happened for about a week. And I said, well, this is the trial of my faith. I didn't know about this eternal glory. <laughs> this, is, this is revelation here. I had everything I'm telling you now got me to this point, okay? I wasn't walking in that. So uh, by the end of the week, we're finished. We're finished. And people ask, man, why you let them talk to you like that? You know, you, you know what they, man, you acting like a punk or something. And I'm like, man, I ain't no punk myself. I'm thinking, I ain't no punk. But I, I felt the peace. But I was like, I don't want this peace. I want his peace. I don't want. So this one day I got out of class and I put my bag on my shoulder and I'm walking. I'm walking down the aisle. It was about this big. It was about this big. And I'm walking down the aisle, man. I had my bag. I was minding my business. And here comes this guy. He's walking the opposite way. So I'm trying to give this guy space. And he, you know when you shoulder somebody? Y'all praying. You can't intercede now. It already happened. Okay. So he, he hit my shoulder. My bag falls off. My clippers, if you know anything about borrowing, if it fell on the heads of my clippers, my blades and everything. I lost it. I grabbed the guy, I did, and I put him on the glass of the barbershop window. I'm not glorifying the enemy, I'm just throwing myself under the bus. I felt the peace prior to, but because I didn't have the revelation on what enduring hardship was, I fell victim to what the enemy was hitchhiking on this man to do to me. If you do not, if you are not careful, I spoke about this before, the enemy will hitchhike on anybody close to you, especially in your suffering. You know why? Because you're vulnerable. Right. I'm talking to vulnerable Christians today. That's right. You're vulnerable. You're weak. You're having hard times. And if you're not careful, those things that you used to say, mm-hmm. 
It's finding a way out. It's trying to find a way out, and you got to continue to try to push it down. And if somebody offends you in the moment of your weakness, that's why you got to stay built up when you're fasting. You know, when you were fasting, when Jesus was fasting, the Bible said the enemy lured him. But he understood the meaning of his suffering. You have to be careful that in your weakness, you're not succumbing and being around people that bring up those negative things and those old habits because they're always finding a way to come out. But if you allow suffering to produce joy, fruits of the spirit, love, kindness, meekness, temperance, all those things, if those things are continuing to be produced in your life, the other stuff will have no room. Suffering, watch this, will always produce something. Watch what I'm saying. It will always produce something. And it may not even be a God thing that it's producing. Suffering in its of itself will always produce something in you. Think about it. Think about your life. Think about things you've endured. Think about you have not always been the way you are now. It won't always be night. You all these things that you've endured in your life have not all you've all you've not always been this hard person. You have not always been a callous person. Maybe at one point in your life you were forgiving. Maybe at one point in your life you was gracious. But suffering have made you callous to certain things. Now you're hesitant, you're reluctant. You don't forgive quickly. You're easily offended. You think everybody will do you like they did you. Who am I talking to? Especially when you're dating. If you get hurt by one person, you get hurt by another person, then when you meet the person that God sent to, you don't know how to treat them because you just assume that they will do you the same way. You just assume that this person will treat you the same way that that person treated you, and this is the person that God sent you. The only problem is you're not in the place in your life that God wants you to be to receive the gift of God. Suffering will always produce something in your life. Psalms 117. Psalms 117. Psalms 117. Today we're talking about suffering. I'm sorry, Psalms 119. I believe it's verse 70, verse 71. Psalms 119, verse 71. I'm reading out of the ESV. Listen to this. The punishment you brought me through was the best thing that could have happened to me. Listen to me. The punishment that you have brought me through was the best thing that could have happened to me for it taught me your ways. Listen to what he's saying. Listen to the language in which he's using. The punishment, the suffering that you have brought me He he teaches you as he brings you through. A lot of you are still in the same place. Pastor Steve says this a lot. Stop building a house in the places that you were only meant to pitch tents or walk through. You're settling in places and suffering. And you're wondering, God, why? 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 He's like, you're going to learn much more of me if you let me bring you through. He said, there's no going around this. That's why it keeps coming to you. 
That, that's why I keep showing this self to you. You want me to take you around it? You want to take you over it? You want me to deliver you in out of it? No, no. I need to take you through it. It's suffering. Because the end result in that suffering is a glorified body. It is a crown. It is a book with your name in it. How about that? There is a book that may or may not have your name in it. I just can't talk to people in the sanctuary and online and just assume that you are a believer. It's almost like me just saying, just because you're standing in the garage, it doesn't make you a car. I just can't talk to you like we're all fixed and we're all in our tickets. We got the golden ticket and we all have made it and we all are going to glory because that is not the case. Some of us have a residence in heaven. And some of us have a residence in hell. I need you to listen to what I'm saying. You know, the Bible said that hell is enlarging itself. Think about that. That it just keeps getting bigger. Why? Because in the last days, there'll be a great falling away. Think about this. Let's, let's think about these words. In the last days, there will be a great falling away. And I, I would have to lean to the fact that they're not talking about unbelievers. That's right. <laughs> because if you were an unbeliever, you wouldn't be falling away from anything. That's right. But in the last days, there's going to be a great falling away out of the body of Christ. Hell is preparing itself. For a harvest, where will you spend eternity? Watch this. That's why the Bible is continuing to communicate in your suffering to be co-glorified with him, that you have to suffer with him so you can be co-glorified in him. That is the carrot. That is the beautiful thing as we're walking through our hardest times in life. Oh, man, this won't be like this always. One day this will be over. There will be no more tears. There will be no more heartaches. There won't be no more pain. There will be no more heartbreak. This won't last always. And that is the fervor. That is the excitement. That is the adrenaline that's going through your veins. That is the love that's pumping in your heart in the hardest times of your life. You know heaven is your view. Come on. Come on. Heaven is your view. Jesus says... God, if, if, if there's another way, please, please let this cup pass. He was here in that moment. He was saying, I don't want to suffer. But then he said, oh, the reward, not my will, not my will, but that will be done. You know why he can say that? Because he knew the end goal. He's showing us that we can have a moment of saying, man, I don't want to deal with this. I do not want to deal with this sickness in my body. That's fair. Can I tell some? That's fair. What you're communicating, that's fair. Jesus said, please, if there has to be another way to get out of this. But then he also remembered, just like we must, oh, heaven is my goal. Heaven, and I'm saying this, I'm 41, and I'm saying this, I'm not scared of dying. I don't want to die today, but if I do, heaven is my home. And don't come pumping on me. 
No scientific tricks. No nothing. Let me go. Let me go. Because the suffering of this world prepared me for that place. Most people don't want to go. It's not just because of loved ones. It's not just because of this. You don't really know if you're ready. Come on. <laughs> well, I don't want to go yet. I'm not finished yet. You're not finished doing what? It's a whole lot of things we could be. But I'm saying, at the end of the day, is your ticket stamped? Suffering prepares you for that great day. Suffering gives you access to be called glorified on that great day. Because here's the deal. When people are dead and alive and Christ will remain and graves will start popping up, can I tell you something? That's going to be a sight to see. But you're going to view it in two different ways. Either you're going to be the one going up like, oh, man. Or you're going to be the one like, oh, man. Wait a minute, what's happening? I don't want to stay. You don't have a choice at that point. You don't have a choice at that point. At the end of the day, Jesus is trying to work something in us through the suffering. Watch this. He doesn't create those things that happen to you. He's not that kind of God. Now, you got to look in the Old Testament. He, he plagues and everything. But the sickness that you're walking through? No. But he's in the sickness. The hardship that you're walking through? He's in that. He'll never leave you. Neither will he forsake you. He'll always be with you, even into the ends of the earth. The problem with most Christians is we think that God is absent in the hard times. Because the first question is, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Do you think he just got a residence on the mountain? He don't come down? He's everywhere. That's how you know where your relationship is with Christ. You know if you're milk or if you've been in the faith for any long time, it can't always be Where are you? At some point, it has to say, I know you're with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. They they comfort me. He sends the Holy Spirit. He's a comforter. Why does he call comforter if we wouldn't need at some point in our lives to be comforted? I want you at this point in your life to begin to walk through some of the seasons that you're in. Assess the seasons that you're in now, the hard places, the hard spaces that you're in. You know the saying, people, and I, and I kind of assessed the saying the other day, people always say, man, you're in a rock and a hard place. You're between a rock and a hard place. And I thought about that the other day. I said, well, that's a great place to be. Because the rock, the stone that the builders rejected, I'm in between a rock and a hard place. I'm between the hard place and Jesus. He's always there at some point, and I'm cool with being between a rock and a hard place. I'm, I'm good with that. But just don't mistake him for not being Jesus just because it's hard. Woo-hoo. He is the rock. It may be uncomfortable. Have you ever laid your head on a rock? Sometimes it's uncomfortable. It got grooves. It got things in it. But I'm telling you, there's water in the rock. Come 
Yeah, there's revelation in the rock. There's joy in the rock. There's peace in the rock. There's hope in the rock. There's the evidence of everything that God has called. It's all in the rock. But why would it be a rock? Because I think he knows and he knew the whole time that there would be hard times. There would be hard moments. Listen, for those of you who are not walking with the Lord, please hear what I'm saying. You need a relationship with Jesus. You know, I said this earlier. Hell is a real place. And excuse my bluntness, but if you do not give your heart to Jesus, that's where you will be. You know, I'm not in this to be a a popular guy, right? I'm here to tell you the truth. I'd rather tell you the truth and you be mad at me than I lie to you and you go to hell. I'm not going to do it. If you do not repent and ask Jesus to come into your life, you will be living with your eyes lifted up. It's definitely a sad day. But you know, as a believer, it's a rejoicing time. Because even when you're on your deathbed, watch this. We're in your deathbed and everybody's mourning. There's a hope inside of you. The Bible says that your flesh is wasting away, but your spirit is forever being strengthened. Think about that. Why is your spirit continuing to be renewed? Because your spirit is going to be caught up and you're going to get a glorified body and your spirit will still be there. That's why it's being strengthened. That's why it's being renewed. But your body right now, as we know, it is wasting away. So laying in the hard spaces, laying in between a rock and a hard place, your eyes can be lifted up and you say, Lord, Lord, oh, I'm hurting on my outside, but my spirit is rejoicing. Have you ever been in a place right now you were just hurting maybe physically or whatever life was happening, but your spirit was leaping, your spirit was rejoicing, your spirit had so much hope, your spirit had so much joy because you knew there has to be something greater after this. There has to be something greater because in our hearts as believers, we don't really know fully, but there's a longing to understand that there's something beyond what we see. There's something beyond the external. There's something beyond the mortality. There's something that we just long for and we know that there has to be heaven. Heaven, you wouldn't sign up for this if you didn't know. You wouldn't sign up if you didn't, if the Holy Spirit hadn't revealed Jesus to you in a certain way amidst of your suffering. Can I tell you how powerful your suffering is? Your suffering is so powerful. That's why you all are sitting here today. That's why you all say yes to Jesus because it was through your suffering that you say, you know what? I can't do this on my own. I can't carry this burden on my own. I can't walk this walk all by myself. I'm hard times. I'm in difficult times. And the moment your times got real hard, you said, I am in need of a Savior. I am in need of a savior. And I saw how you saved my mom in the hardest times of her life. Maybe you said that. I saw how you delivered my brother in the worst times of his life. I saw how this addiction was trying to take them out. But somehow they beat it and now they're giving their hearts to the Lord because through suffering we connect with eternity. Connect with eternity. At some point your mortality connects with immortality and you say I confess Jesus with my heart 
you know, that's what brings us. He said, if you confess, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, God raised Jesus says, you'll be saved. That is mortality connecting with eternity in that moment. And it's through suffering that we get an eternal language. That prayer gives us access to eternity on earth. It is through our suffering that we connect with that language. And you say, you know what? I need to give you my heart. The moment I received Jesus, it was the hardest time. As some of you, you didn't meet him on the high place of your life. Maybe that's your story and that's great. But I guarantee you were walking through hell and high water. You were walking through and you probably said, God, if you are real. Anybody ever said, if you are real, if you get me out of this, I've said that 20 times, but I don't say it anymore. But we met him and his goal is for you to meet him in your suffering. Maybe you're here today and. Haley, you can come back. I'm not sure what Haley. Maybe you're here today and you see, you know what? I'm suffering. I'm going through a hard time. I'm going through challenging times. Maybe your mom and you're watching. You just your relationship with your children is everywhere. And you're like, God. Maybe you have a disease or a dis-ease that you just can't seem to shake you to have prayer from all over the nation. Everybody has laid hands on you. You've had oil from all walks of life, and you still can't get healing. You say, God, I, I need you to do it. Maybe you're here and life financially is throwing you blow after blow. You're in between jobs. You have, and I'm talking to the believer right now. You're like, listen, I'm having a hard time, and my language has not been that one of a solid believer, not that you've been saying bad things, but your goal in mind has not been heaven. You know, I've learned at this point how to begin to suffer for Christ. You understand, Paul, at this point, people are getting their heads cut off every day. Women were just going to have babies and weren't coming home. There was a different type of suffering, and I guarantee that none of us could have lived then. Probably only Pastor Steve. <laughs> Probably only Pastor Steve. But there were two different types of worlds that was happening in that picture, that time in history. Paul was writing a letter to people and said, listen, heaven is the goal, people. Heaven is the goal. I don't know what you're living for. Church, I don't know what you've been living for. I don't know if you think that I just need to give my heart to the Lord so I can have a better life here. That is not the case. Becoming a Christian is not just to get a better life here. It is to get a better life when you leave here. Now, I'm not saying you're not going to have some phenomenal days because I do. I'm not saying you're not going to have wins because I do. I'm not saying you won't rejoice because I do. But I am saying that is not the goal of confessing your sins to the Lord. It is not fixing your life here on earth, but connecting and giving your sins to the Lord. It's giving you an eternal seat in the kingdom of God. 
I think we've got it all wrong. I think we've confused the whole thing that if I give my heart to Jesus, everything should be better. Every pain should go away. Every tear, I shouldn't should have to cry anymore. And we're fine until we have to suffer. We're phenomenal until we have to go through the trials of life. We're fine as long as we have everything that we need, but the moment lack comes in, then he's a different kind of God to you. I like to make the statement, he's the same yesterday, today and forevermore. He doesn't change. And he connects, that's why I believe he meets us and he so eloquently communicates about suffering so many times that he meets us there. He loves us there. He walks us through suffering. He connects with us through suffering. We learn of him through suffering. We're glorified in our suffering with him. Why? Because he understands that he had to suffer. There is no feeling or infirmity that he has not had. If you read enough, He doesn't major on the exciting times as a believer. This book is not filled with exciting times of riches and glory on this earth. This book is filled with people being stripped away of riches and glory. This book is filled with hard times and challenges, but the beauty is, even at that time, the glorious thing is that he is there. It won't always be like this. Tell yourself, you got to tell, it won't always be this way for me. I'm not going to always be in this same space in life. There's going to be a point when money is no longer going to be an issue for me. There's going to be a point where this sickness will no longer be an issue for you. There's going to be a point where this relational thing you're walking through, you won't even care about it anymore. There's going to be a point of what you're walking through in your life. You won't even blink at it anymore because there is something greater ahead. And if you can suffer with the end in mind, that it won't always be this way for me. It won't. At some point, this will all fade away. Let all the other names fade away. Let all the other things fade away to the only thing that we see is you. Man, this is the gospel. Today I pray that at some level I've offended you. I pray at some level that you felt like I've taken your situation lightly. That wasn't the heart. The Bible said these small light afflictions, you get mad at this. I didn't, I'm just reading. I didn't, I didn't just come up with this on my own. It said the small light, minuscule offense, the things that you're walking through, it's nothing. I didn't say that. This is, it's in the book. He said, none of this you're walking through is going to compare. Most people read that scripture and say, 
None of this is going to compare to the glory of God that shall be revealed in you, meaning that what's going to happen. And can I tell you something? It won't always be like this because God is going to do something for you on this side of heaven. I believe it. I believe that you're going to see the goodness of God, that's what the scripture says, in the land of the living. You're going to see that. But even in experience, experiencing the goodness of God, there's still a wiles and a challenge even in the goodness of all he gives you. The more you get, the more responsibility you have. The more things happen, the more challenges you walk through. Listen, maybe you're here today and you've been suffering. You've been having some challenging times. You've been walking through the valley of shadow of death. And it's been hard. And you say, Pastor Isaiah, I, I, I haven't even looked at suffering in this way. I have not had joy amidst of my suffering. I have not had hope at the end result in the midst of my suffering. And you may say, you know what, Pastor Isaiah? I just need prayer today for God to give me that eternal perspective. I need that eternal perspective. Maybe you're sick. Maybe you're walking through some hard times. Let me do it like this. How many people in here will say, I'm just walking through some hard times right now? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. It's okay. It's right here. Whatever. And you need that eternal perspective. And you need to say, oh, heaven is, I need heaven. I need that to be a permanent fixture in my goal. I need that to be a permanent fixture in my life. But that has not been a, the communi thing, communicating thing out of my mouth. And I've just been going through hard times. It's been challenging. And I've not been communicating well. And I have not had this carrot as the kingdom of God as a fixture in my heart. If that's you and all those hands that come up, I just want you to come up here right now. I want you to come up here right now. There were more hands than went up, but that's okay. I'll still give you time to get up here. You're walking through some hard times. You're walking through some hard things. You say, you know what, man? I, oh, I need. Consider it pure joy when you fall through the challenges of life. Consider it pure joy. There's still people coming. Come on. Consider it pure joy. I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil because you're with me. He says, I prepared a table before you. Watch this, in the presence of your enemy. So if he's prepared it, that means he's gone before you. He's already gone before you. So I want you to close your eyes and I want, to, I want you to get in your heart and your mind what the hard thing is, what the suffering, what has the suffering been? And for a second, I want you to get that in your mind. I want you to get that in your heart. What has the suffering been? What has the hard thing been? What has the hard thing been in your life? Maybe it's too many to name, but that's enough for Jesus to come in. And just for a second, I want you to, with those things in mind, I want you to fix your eyes on eternity. your eyes on. Turn your eyes to Jesus.
This has to be a practice. This has to be something that we do every day. Turn your eyes to Jesus. Get a view of his glorious face. Turn your eyes to Jesus. <laughs> it's filled with mercy and grace. Turn your eyes to eternity. Because it's in that. That's why he says, seek me first the kingdom of heaven. Don't worry about the things that you can see. You guys stay. You keep doing. Fix your eyes on him. Focus on him. Maybe you're out there and you're like, Pastor Isaiah, I don't, I don't know heaven. I don't think heaven is my home. I don't, I don't know that I would spend the rest of my life with Jesus if today I ended and it was over with. And I need a relationship with Christ because I've been suffering and I've been going through some hard times, but I've not been going through the hard times with him. And I don't want to go to that place that's continued to expand. I don't want to go to that place where it's continuing and it's preparing. There's, here's the reality. It's preparing a place for you. You say, I don't want to go to that place. I want to spend my life with Jesus. I don't want to spend my life in eternity with him. In your suffering, he's always giving invitation. If that's you and you want to receive Jesus in your life for the first time, just count on three. Raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. If that's you. If that's you. If that's you. You say, I want to receive Jesus for the first time in my life. I want to receive Jesus. That's good. We're talking to all Christians here today. And maybe you say, Pastor Isaiah, I've fallen away. I've been, I'm in him, but I'm not in him. I haven't been suffering well. I've just been going through some stuff, but I kind of fell off, and I have not been connected with him the way that I should be. And if that's you, on the count of three, just raise your hand. Say, I want to get back in connection. I want to get back. I see you. You're already up here. I want to get back in connection with you. I see your hand. I see your hand. I want to get back in connection. I want to get back tapped in. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand, and then I thank you for raising your hand, and you can just meet us up here. Meet us up here. You raise your hand. I, I, you raise your hand. Come on. Because we just want to pray with you. That's all. We're just going to pray with you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. So I want to get back. I want to get back where I need to be. I want to get back in the spot that I need to be in. I want to get back connected with him. I feel disconnected. I feel pulled away and I need to reconnect him. I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you right now for everybody this year. Father, through this suffering, you've given us an invitation today. And that invitation has been to come closer. Father, you understood something that it was in suffering that would connected us closer to the end result. Father, we thank you for all the things that suffering is about to produce, patience, temperance joy, peace. Father, we thank you that you show us eternity in the midst of what we're dealing with, that it is not going to be always that we live in this space. So, Father, we thank you that in the days to come that you will give us a fresh revelation of heaven. By will the Holy Spirit give us a fresh revelation of heaven and show us that we can be co-glorified with you and join heirs, but you said this, that it's all based on how we suffer with you. Help us to look at our suffering differently from this 
moment on. It's not the sickness. It's not the financial hardship. It's not the challenges. It's not that, Father, you promised you would take care of that. And you just, only thing you wanted us to do was look to you. <laughs> so we look to you. We focus on you. And we thank you for making that prepare place. You go and you prepare a place for us. And that is the goal. That is the prize. That is the reward. And even in our suffering, we rejoice in this hope that he who has begun a good work in us will perform it into the day of Jesus Christ's return. In Jesus' name, let everyone shout. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for coming. You guys can be seated. Thank you. Thank you. So, I, I want to do this. Man, I want to do this um, before I take my seat because we have some beautiful kids. I want to I sing um, happy birthday to my bride. Um, I was going to do a solo, but I said, mm, no, I better not. <laughs> Okay, honey, you have to stand up. You don't have to come up here, though. You can stand. You don't have, I'm not going to. We're all going to sing to you. You don't have to come up here, though. Okay? I don't, do I have to start it off? I'm scared. Okay, we're all going to do it together. One, two, three. Happy. There you go. Kelly. Happy. Dear Kelly. Happy birthday to you. Clap your hands for her. Thank you so much for watching us online. Pray that you were encouraged. Right now we'll turn over to the hands of our pastors and the baby. <laughs> hey, thank you, Pastor Isaiah. Great word today, man. Remember it, put it in your heart, and uh, uh, let it soak for those hard times. Uh, we have some special guests with us. Kids, would you come and get ready, please, Miss Couture? Bring them on over and get ready. We're just delighted that you're here this morning. And we have a special guest with us today. Yvonne's going to introduce. Well, when I disappear, this is who I'm going to see right here. This is Ayla Dawn Smith. Her mom and daddy are here also. But she's the main attraction, so I knew you'd want to see her. But she's our newest grandchild, number 10. And I try to slip up there every, every chance I get that he'll let me leave and get up there and see this one. So just wanted you to get to see her. God bless you. Amen. Thank you so much, Yvonne. And that is Ayla, Candace, and uh, Andre and David are here on the front row. We're glad they're here with us this morning as well. You made it to the end of the message, and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sharer Road in Tallahassee, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.